When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right. <clears throat> Good morning, Frank. As per my last email. No, no, it's it's a bit uh, it's a bit much. I hope this email finds you well. I am following up on the notes from last week, as some of it may have been missed. No, no, okay, sorry. <laughs> Frank's been a good colleague. <laughs> I can't... I'm overthinking, I'm overthinking it. Uh, no, it's a little bit heavy. Okay, no, but we're in it now. Let's... Uh, uh, follow, uh, following up on the notes from last week to clarify a few of the details. Uh, I love your thoughts. It's a bit, bit weird. Um, go something. Thanks for the additions. Uh, how about we meet for 15 minutes later to discuss? You being cost aggressive, and he's going to be helpful. Uh, he's going to guards. Your colleagues are going to hate you. A bit. You can go to work with your colleagues and hate you. Best. It's all because of what you can do. Cut. Okay, easy. G'day everyone, I'm Kyle Moore. Welcome back to Life's Rack. This is the podcast where we celebrate. Celebrate is the key word, a world more mental and destigmatize all things mental health through sharing stories and experiences, just sitting down and having a good old chat, you know, good old human connection, which is very topical for our conversation today. Uh, if you want more Life's Rack content and to listen to an extended interview with today's guest, head on over to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at Life's Rack Podcast. Uh, on today's episode, I am joined by the founder of the GenWell Project, Pete Bambachi, to talk about the importance of something that is near and dear to both of our hearts, human connection. Uh, during our conversation, Pete wore this this great t-shirt, which I, I'm probably going to have to try to get my hands on at some point, that read Human Connection Catalyst. Uh, and after hearing about his experiences, learning more about the GenWell Project, uh, I, can, I can very comfortably say that both him and his organization really embody that definition. Uh, the episode was recorded before the most recent GenWell weekend that you'll hear Pete and I talk about on the pod. Uh, but because of my time away, which I will talk about more in depth soon, just got back from a, a three-week Europe trip, uh, I wasn't able to get the podcast out till now. I took some time just to, uh, to reset, I guess, uh, while I was abroad. Uh, nevertheless, the themes and the content of the episode are, I mean, they're as, are as topical as ever in this like post-COVID 
world where human connection seems to be uh, sparse at best. Uh, I'm really excited to share Pete's message with all of you. And without further ado, I would like to introduce you to today's guest, Pete Babachi. Pete is a visionary business and social change leader who believes that by doing the right thing every day, exceptional results are created. His engaging leadership style comes from an enthusiasm and genuine desire to help others. I think that one of the things that was so evident during my conversation with Pete was this authenticity that really just like leaps off the recording. It was, you you can tell that this wonderful individual cares so deeply uh, about this movement and about getting people connected. It's it's really, you know, really quite fantastic. Uh, he also has this belief that building a culture of connection encourages collaboration, great execution, and results. In 2016, Pete launched the GenWell Project, Canada's human connection movement. Uh, hopefully, some of you got to take part in the uh, in the GenWell weekend uh, that uh, that just passes by. Um, hopefully, you've heard about the GenWell connection I, or the GenWell Project because this this movement to connect Canada uh, and to connect the the people of it is is really really something special. I, and if this is your first introduction to the GenWell Project, uh, I'm so happy that we are able to uh, to turn you on to such a, a fantastic organization. Uh, the mission of the General Project is to make the world a happier and healthier place by educating, empowering, and catalyzing people around the importance of proactive face-to-face social connection as an action we can all take for our health, happiness, longevity, and the betterment of society. The growth of the movement over the last seven years and, and you know, because of the, the pandemic has seen Pete leading the conversation around the power of human connection in workplaces, classrooms, communities all across Canada and sharing the powerful message in media and at conferences around the world. Uh, a truly a fantastic conversation and one that I am I'm so proud to put out there today. Pete, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Kyle, you know, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the question and even in a little bit of our dialogue before we came on here, you know, early in the pandemic, uh, I had many people say, like, what, what should we say to people in the pandemic? And I said, don't just ask, how are you one time? But when you don't get the answer that you think you should be getting, ask it again. And so the, the sincerity of your question to me is very powerful which is I really do care and want to know how you're doing. And so I would say to you, um, I, I'm, I'm always feeling um, the, the pull between trying to change the world through the work that we do at the GenWell Project and building Canada's human connection movement and taking care of myself and taking care of my mm-hmm. family and taking care of all the other priorities that we have in life. So I've enjoyed the summer because I think summer is a great time to be outdoors and being active and and to be honest with you, connecting with people. Uh, but I always feel that constant pressure to do more, be more, you know, and and achieve yeah. more. Even though this is a you know grassroots led, community led movement. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm constantly facing that battle. But overall, I'd say uh, things are going going quite well. Well, I'm happy to hear that. And I appreciate the sincerity of the answer as well. And I actually think that you bring up a really interesting point around people who work in the wellness space. And sometimes the, you know, that personal wellness sacrifice that comes with wanting to champion others wellness. I've found it with myself with the podcast at times where coming on here and and talking about the importance of taking care of yourself, taking breaks, um, listening to your body. 
but then yet because of the content and creating and wanting to to keep up and uh, always be uh, you know innovating as it were my own wellness takes that step back. And so I think that it, you know, it's really that, that constant push and pull of how can I both support myself and uh, all the amazing work that I want to do. Um, and I guess, you know, I actually would be curious to know, you know, how you found your personal relationship with wellness is uh, as you've built up the general project into, you know, the amazing movement that it is now. Well, I think this is the this is the unique thing about personal health and well-being, especially through the lens that we are trying to approach it at GenWell. You know, we're talking about preventative health, not about, you know, crisis management or recovery, which are important. But the system tends to be, you know, and they may not be good in the long term because we know that we're short of funding in just about every yeah. type of health care. But the solution really is about prevention. And prevention isn't easy because... You know, you and I may have a great workout program going along and all of a sudden we may have an injury. You know, you pull a, a calf muscle or a hamstring and all of a sudden you're out of the gym for six weeks or eight weeks and it's not easy getting back. You know, I often say when we talk about the work we do as a, a human connection movement is, look, we've been educated on exercise but we for over 50 years, but we still have an obesity problem. Right. You know, we've been educated on eating well for over 80 years, and yet people don't always choose the fruit and vegetables or the healthy foods. Mm. Well, we've never been educated on social connection, and w w that's the work we are doing to try and increase uh, the knowledge and understanding about just how important it is. But it doesn't matter what we're talking about. When we're talking about prevention, and this is why we are truly in this together, Kyle, mm -hmm. is that at the end of the day, you could be kicking it on all cylinders. You could be really firing well and shit's going to happen. You know, yeah. you're going to lose a loved one. I've lost a couple friends to cancer in the last two weeks. You know, you're going to lose a so job. Curious. You're going to have financial pressure, kid problems, and it's going to throw you off of whatever health program you've got. And so, you know, my program is honestly, it's front and center of my mind almost every day, partially because I don't do a good job at it. Because mm -hmm. it's easier for me to sit down here and try and care about other people than it yeah. is for me to actually go out and do what I need to do for myself. So I give you that answer to say I'm very conscious, but it's still not even easy, even when we have, you know, that awareness uh, about us. Absolutely. And and my condolences to your, your loved ones and, uh, and to you for, for your losses. That's, uh, I, cancer is something that uh, I've uh, had my, my fair share of uh uh, friends and family who have, uh, you know, been, uh, struck down in, in one capacity or another by, uh, the terrible disease. So it's, uh, yeah, certainly sending my, uh, my love to you for sure. Um, yeah, I would love yeah. Pete, if you could, uh, if you could talk about, you know, we're talking about the, this, the movement that you've started and I would love if you could, this is my favorite thing about talking to anybody, uh, who has started a movement is because I find that there's always this wonderful passion that exists behind it. And so, you know, for me to say, hey, you know, this is what this is, I can be certainly a believer in it. And I and I believe in everything that you're working on with the Genwell project. But it's just different when you hear it from the person who was behind it in the first place. And so, you know, I would love if you could share with my listeners, like, what is the Genwell project and, and how it came uh, to be? Yeah. And, and again, thank you for the opportunity to share this story and our message and mission with your with your listeners. 
The general project is Canada's human connection movement, and our mission is to make the world a happier and healthier place by educating, empowering, and catalyzing Canadians around the importance of face-to-face -face social connection for our health, our happiness, our longevity, and for the betterment of society. We do that through many different means, including sharing tips, tools, and ideas through our website and through our social media posts every day. And we've been around since 2016 doing this long before the global pandemic because the issue of social isolation, disconnection, and loneliness didn't happen just because of the global pandemic. It had been growing as an issue for really about the last 60 years. And we do programming in workplaces, in communities, and in classrooms across this country. We've done a lot of work in the United States as well, sharing this message as we exit the global pandemic and people become more conscious about the need for human connection in their lives. So many of our social connections and our social habits were built into our daily lives pre-pandemic and now on the other side of it because so many of us uh, are not back into healthy connection habits or norms or rituals, we can see that society is struggling. And whether it's young people, whether it's seniors, whether it's people in the workplace because they're hybrid working or remote working, what we're starting to recognize is when we don't have these regular connections in our lives, that it slowly but surely will impact our mental and our physical health. And so the general project is trying to focus people upstream on the proactive, positive, and inclusive approach to building social health, which has a positive impact on our mental and physical well-being. And I'll just say one last thing is it was originally inspired by the summer blackout of 2003, when the eastern seaboard of North America lost power for two to seven days. And unfortunately, Kyle, we are experiencing more crises across this country and around the world than ever before. Yeah. Right now, as you and I are chatting, you know, uh, Kelowna, we've yes. got the Northwest Territories, Yellowknife, we've got fires in Quebec. Obviously, we've got interest rates and housing costs and so many challenges that we face. And our message is don't wait for the crisis to get to know your neighbor or call mm. an old friend or build relationships with your family or, you know, your classmates or your, you know, whoever is part of your network or community, make sure you make the time to build these connections now because it's these connections that can help us build resilience to get through any of the challenges. But when we feel like we are in this alone, when we don't feel like we have people around us, that's when we really start to see the negative implications through uh, poor mental health and, and yeah. physical well-being. One of the things I, I had wanted to ask you was you brought up three different um, issues that uh, the general project is is combating uh, in social isolation, uh, disconnection, and loneliness. And I think for some people, they would have their wires crossed and thinking that those are just three, you know, synonyms, uh, that those are three of the of the same thing. Uh, and so I'd really love if you could talk about, uh, you know, the, the difference between those two, three or those three things and, uh, and and how the general project looks to combat each one of them. Uh, Kyle, thank you for asking this question. It's such an important question because I believe, uh, first off, I believe that none of us were ever educated on what loneliness is. I launched this movement really focused on the positive uh, of mm -hmm. getting people connected. And so I'd never thought that I'd been lonely in my life until I now understand loneliness. And now I recognize, yeah, there's been many times that I've felt lonely in my life. And loneliness is no different than thirst or hunger. It's a human response to a lack of uh, interaction with other people. 
So uh, we have to stop looking at loneliness because we don't understand it. We need to stop looking at it as a negative. It's actually no different than thirst and hunger. When you're thirsty, you go get something to drink. I don't make fun of you for going to get a drink. And when you're hungry, you go get something to eat. And we don't write it up and, you know, pity somebody for being hungry. We actually say, oh, they're hungry. They went to get something to eat. That makes sense. And this is what we need to understand is that loneliness is no different. It's your body, your brain telling you that you need social connection. But I believe because we didn't understand it, many of us waited until we could label it something. So it would result in a mental health issue. And we'd go, oh, now you've got anxiety. I know what to do with anxiety because I've been explaining that for over a decade or depression or whatever the the mental health issue or unfortunately loneliness can also lead to heart disease uh, diabetes suicide addiction so however it comes out when it comes out in the ways that we've been educated we're able to label it and go i know what that is versus saying hey loneliness is actually a human uh, response and if we could actually start taking action that would be a really powerful thing so loneliness is the end result of social isolation or disconnection. Social isolation is the physical lack of people in our lives. And I think that could be seen, you know, we think of seniors, I think oftentimes, but I also like to throw out people who might be addicted to technology, who may be isolating themselves in the basement or who may be just so unpresent uh, throughout the course of their days that they don't actually recognize that they have, uh, that they don't have people around us. I also think, and I've probably been in this place at times, which is you work so much, you're isolated, and especially now in the hybrid world, you're in your basement every day, you're not seeing anybody, and that physical lack of presence can actually lead to that loneliness. Um, the disconnection piece is about a lack of belonging, and this mm -hmm. to me, Kyle, is the one that most of us don't really understand, and this is about being lonely in a crowd. And the loneliness in a crowd can come because we don't look alike, sound alike, act alike, think alike, uh, you know, so many different ways that when we don't feel included or a sense of belonging to that group, community or neighborhood, that we that same end result of loneliness, which has all these negative implications, is no different than being physically disconnected from other people. Mm -hmm. And so when we now understand those two things, nobody will stand there and say, I can't be lonely. I got all these people around me. I go to work every day. I see people. It's like, yes, you can be. Yeah. And you need to understand it's because when people don't include you or when you don't feel included, that can end up in loneliness. And now the, yeah. the final piece about loneliness is it's subjective. Mm -hmm. You may not need to see more than one person a week and you could be completely comfortable with that sense of connection and belonging i might need to see five people a day but right. it's really important for us to understand this so that we can see where we are what makes us happy am i happier when i see three people a day or one person a week does spending time with people suck the life out of me or does it fill me up mm -hmm. and when we start to really help people understand what social connection is what human connection does then we can help people better respond before loneliness becomes persistent or chronic because that's when the issues of mental and physical health issues happen. Mm -hmm. And if we can help people also understand that everything we've done to this point, Kyle, in our preventative health in this country has been focused on empowering you to do something. So Kyle, you can go for a walk, a run, a bike ride. You can 
do mindfulness, gratitude, journaling, uh, breathing, whatever, meditation. And mm -hmm. all those things are really important until we recognize that self-care shouldn't always be done by yourself. Right. Because at the end of the day, social health has to be done with somebody else by its definition. Mm -hmm. So it's the wake-up call to all of us that I'm responsible for your well-being and you're responsible for mine. So when mm -hmm. I reach out and say, hey, Kyle, you want to have a coffee or a chat or whatever it might be, I we all need to have a responsibility to understand that we are part of the community and together yeah. we can make the world a happier and healthier place, one face-to-face -face conversation at a time. Mm, I, I, you know, Pete, what's coming up for me is first of all, I wish that we were having this chat for a few, a few hours, because I feel like there's so many different elements of this that, you know, I, and I want to hit on, but there was this one word that kept just flashing, uh, you know, across my eyes while you were talking. Uh, and it was empathy because I think that so often we, you know, in a, in a polarized culture where it's so much us versus them, it's so much you versus me. Um, you know, I've got to make sure that, uh, my ducks are in a row before I should, you know, ever be kind to anybody else or even just give anybody like the, the slightest little edge. And, and you know, I, I think back even to, to, you know, moments in, in high school and how you would think, you know, we're talking about this, this, um, lack of education that exists around social health. And how you would see somebody who is, you know, who would, you know, lonely and they would try so hard to, to find these connections and, and get the response and all of these uh, in all of these different situations and thinking like, wow, that person's weird. That person, you know, oh, I don't want to be seen with that person. I don't want to hang out with that person when that person just, you know, needs somebody to help them with their social health. Like I just... And being aware of this and self-aware enough of the fact of being like, listen, I'm part of the whole. I am. I am one of many, and my responsibility to my my neighbor is is important, and it's something that shouldn't be overlooked. But that word empathy, like you know, where do you feel like that that fits in with the work that uh, is being done at General? Ah, uh, Kyle, you, you know you wouldn't be running a podcast called Life's a Wreck if you didn't understand this stuff. <laughs> um, you know, empathy is at the heart of when we connect with other people. We build empathy and compassion. That's research shows that clearly. Yeah. And when we have empathy and compassion for people, we're more likely to want to help. Yes. You know, we're more likely to sit there and listen longer because we recognize that our effort to engage with that person can make a difference. Mm. And so I think part of the political polarization, as well as the the disconnection that's in society, is it's easy for us to turn our head. You know, I happen to have a deaf sister, so I've grown up with somebody who's always had a disability, and I've seen how people respond when they don't respond the way we expect, right. I'll say. Mm. And so I understand it through that lens, and I've done volunteer work in many different sectors, and I used to lead Movember when I got an opportunity to see what it was like to work with uh, and support men who were struggling with prostate cancer or testicular cancer who yeah. were in a time of need. And mm -hmm. so when we can, again, we've all, we've all heard the, the phrase, you know, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. Right. When we have an opportunity to connect people with people and understand what it's like to be uh, somebody other than ourselves, we can all be a little more empathetic and compassionate. And I think it's at the heart of what we do at the Genwell Project. Pete, when you to have a, an, a very intimate understanding 
of the consequences of a lack of connection where you, you know, witnessed firsthand growing up with a sister who would have had, you know, some people would have misinterpreted, uh, some people would have missed the the connection uh, points that were there. And you see that, do you, do you feel like that, you know, played a role in wanting to raise awareness surrounding, you know, human connection and, and the, the benefits of it and being, you know, considerate of, of the person around you and various different kinds of connection and how connection doesn't all look the same. Do you feel like all of that was tied up in a little bit of that, you know, growing up and, and seeing this firsthand? Uh, Kyle, I would say, well, yeah, in my life, my life is part of Genwell. Um, mm. You know, whether it's, I lost my dad to a heart attack at 13 and really lacked the sense of belonging because I was the kid who didn't have a father. Mm. You know, um, my sister being deaf, uh, I've been divorced and and felt loneliness and disconnection during that time. Um, working in the beverage alcohol industry for 20 years, really seeing the other side of it, which was seeing the power of connection. Whenever people came together, whether it was at a community event, a house a bar, a restaurant, you just look around when you're in these places and you see that people are happiest when they're with other people. And yet, to your point earlier, just on technology, which is a whole different show and a different conversation. Yeah, no kidding. You you go to some restaurants now and you see four people sitting at a table all looking at their phones and not actually connecting. But the reality is we are all happier when we build those healthy connection habits into our lives that was the original inspiration, but I think to your point, I've connected the dots to so many parts of my childhood and my life that have really reinforced why I'm still doing this seven years later and you know, still seeking the funding to create a sustainable movement. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned a word there in, in habits. And I think that uh, it seems, you know, even foreign when I'm thinking about it now to think of uh, the ability to connect as a muscle that needs to be flexed, uh, as something, a skill that needs to be developed, as something that needs to be, um, you know, practiced and, and learned. What habits should people you know, even just be aware of, you know, because I think that it's, it's easy when you're listening to a podcast to have a podcaster say, here are five habits that you're going to start doing today that are going to, you know, completely change your life. But it just to have them on your radar of like, next time I go into X situation, I'm going to think about this in maybe a slightly different way because of a, you know, a potential habit uh, that Pete shared on Life's Rack. You know, here's what I'm going to, I'm going to give you some stats because I think understanding the why is so important Mm. in getting people to actually go, hmm, I should give that a shot. Absolutely. So let me, let me give you some Canadian stats that have come out of the Canadian Social Connection Survey. So those who talk to strangers are three times, once a week, are three times happier than those who don't talk to strangers. So in a world in where we've told people not to talk to strangers for over 50 years, and we know that people who do are three times happier. And that happiness, by the way, the single greatest contributor to our happiness are the social connections that uh, and relationships that we have. That's a Harvard study that's been going for over 80 years. Yes. I might suggest that talking to strangers is something that we should all consider. It doesn't mean you're going to be the person who can do it. But if I can get other people to talk to strangers, maybe one day somebody else talk to you when you're not feeling good and that might change your day. So there's one thing. So that's a stat to back up why I think we should all be considering talking to strangers. Mm -hmm. Those who spent one to four hours a week talking to their neighbors were three times less lonely. 
You know, you talked about the ur urban and rural divide. We've built so many tall buildings in cities across this country where, and I hear this repeatedly, and I was in a condo as well. I knew one of my neighbors, but not the other neighbor. So often, we don't even know the people that we walk down the hallway beside each and every day. And if we have a loneliness crisis, and they now call it, you know, Dr. Vivek Murthy out of the U.S. says it is the next major public health crisis that we will face is loneliness and the negative implications to our mental and physical health. Well, if I can tell you that talking to your neighbor one to three hours a week reduces that sense of loneliness by three times, I think that maybe we should all start thinking about talking to our neighbors. Yeah. You know, and I'm not just talking to the one that's right beside you. And maybe it's two doors up the street, three doors up the street, maybe on Genwell weekends. And the next one's coming up September 22 to 24. Yeah. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to reach out and say, hey, why don't we have a barbecue with the people on the street? Here's another one that I think is really important, Kyle, is our research in Canada shows that our relationships with our colleagues uh, have a greater impact on our happiness and our reduced sense of loneliness than than relationships with our own family and friends. And so at a time when we've come to the other side of the global pandemic and many people are saying, I never want to go back to the office, I don't think people understand what that means. Mm -hmm. And so when we have those casual collisions with people at the coffee machine or the water cooler or the lunchroom, when we have the time to build relationships with people that we spend eight to 10 hours a day, you know, working with, trying to collaborate, trying to, you know, get work done. The reality is those relationships are critical to your happiness, not only at work, but also outside of work. Because when we feel confident in the work we do and the productivity that we're creating, that impacts our well-being outside the workplace. Mm -hmm. And then family and friends, I think, is pretty common. You know, we all know that we should try to build healthy connection habits uh, with our family and friends. And most of us want to do it, but oftentimes we feel the barrier there, whether it's guilt, whether there's an issue, whether it's uh, time uh, apart. And this is what Genwell Weekends were really about. We do them every spring and fall. You know, as I mentioned, the next one's coming up in September. It's the third week of September and the first weekend in May. And they're strategically selected to get people connected during seasonal transition when research says that people struggle and could benefit from getting connected. And so that's what we're trying to do on our Genwell weekends. And whether it's strangers, family, friends, neighbors, classmates, or colleagues, the important thing is reach out and get connected because in the fall, it's just before we're heading into the darker, colder, colder days of the fall and winter. Mm -hmm. And we want to help people build those healthy connection habits that make us all resilient as we go through those challenging months. Mm. I, it's beautiful. And I, I look forward, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the, the Genwell weekends because I think that the concept uh, uh, themselves is amazing. But before I did that, I also wanted to share a story. Um, I got uh, I got some some. Uh, goosebumps when you're talking about you know the idea of of neighbors and I grew up in a small town in in rural New Brunswick and you know just to give uh you know my listeners a, a first-hand account as to uh, the impact that a neighbor has had on my life um I'll never forget when I was going off to university I was very closely connected with the neighbors that I uh, I grew around uh, grew up around and they were uh there was a few um older couples uh who acted as as surrogate grandparents uh, as I was away from my my real grandparents who all were in uh, Ontario and uh, they, they cared very deeply for my sister and I, and, and they were always there if we needed them. And uh, I remember I had a neighbor named Jerry, 
And when I was going off to university, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry came over and, and he had, he was this, uh, you know, old baseball player. He was a teacher at a, at the local high school, um, and retired and he kind of had a, a bit of a gruff voice and, uh, and Jerry, you know, handed me a hundred dollar bill. And I said, Jerry, like, you don't have to do this. You know, it's fine. And, and he goes, uh, you know, listen, kid, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have some tough times throughout university. That's just, you know, that's just life. You're gonna have some tough times. He goes, but I want you to remember that, you know, with this money, when you're going through your first tough time in university, I want you to go out with a few friends and I want you to buy a round of beers and I want you to sit around and I want you guys to chat. And I, and I just, and I never forgot that. And so I remember when I got through, you know, it was, it was through my first year of university. I went through my first big breakup. I was, I was in shambles. I was a mess. I, you know, was just a kid who was in so much pain. And I one day came across that hundred dollar bill that had been folded down to the size of about a penny and tucked behind a few credit cards. And I asked me, you know, I asked my friends, like, let's go do something. It's on me. And we went out and I had just, you know, one of the greatest days, uh, you know, that I, that I had ever had. And it just, you know, it completely charged my batteries. It turned, you know, everything around a, a negative into an overwhelming positive. And, uh, Jerry unfortunately passed away a few years, uh, later, but I used about $50 of the, the hundred dollars that day. And I still carry around the other $50 with me today, uh, as a reminder that, whenever anything gets really tough that, uh, you know, go out and connect with people. And so I think that, uh, you know, that one, you know, situation is something that has led to years of a positive reminder and a good memory. And uh, it's unbelievably powerful. And that came from one interaction with a neighbor. Granted, the relationship had been built, but it's, it's, it doesn't seem like it takes that much to have a lasting impact. And that's just how powerful connection can possibly be. Well, you just gave me goosebumps because we all need a Jerry in our lives. We certainly um, do. And, yeah. and, and Jerry was ahead of his time in understanding, you know, uh, the power of connection. And he didn't say it that way. Obviously, he said, just get together with your buds. Yeah. But at the root of it, it was when we are surrounded by people that we like and who like us, mm -hmm. they build our confidence, they build our trust, they build our, you know, uh, belief in ourselves, our sense of belonging, and and I do believe that I deserve to be here, and I could do this, and they reinforce the the good in you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we all it's need a Jerry thing. in our lives, and that's a beautiful story that I hope every one of your listeners sees the opportunity that each of us have in reaching out to somebody, and you don't need to give them a hundred bucks, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But recognize that when you know somebody's struggling, they failed an exam, maybe they've lost a job, or maybe they're looking for a job, and we all know how shitty that can feel when you've been, yeah, right. you know, now now you don't even get the response from the company to say you didn't yeah, get the job. No just You know, there's nothing. And so this is why we need to understand, Kyle, that we are in this together. We've always yeah. been in this together, but I think more so now than ever before, we need to be more literal about it and understand that, hey, what I mean is you need to be building connections each and every day and you need to do it consciously because the the routines and rituals that used to be part of our everyday just aren't there the way they used to be. Yeah. Uh, Pete, to, to you know, wrap up on the, the uh, general weekends, um, you know, I when when did this all come about? Well, I launched it in 2016 um, after talking about the blackout for 13 years and saying, wouldn't it be great if we could do that again? Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, the big focus for us is really about don't wait for the crisis to get connected with 
everybody in your life, from friends to family, neighbors, classmates, or colleagues. And I will, I'm going to tell a quick story, Kyle. Please, what I, absolutely. I, I find very funny, you know, there was actually the first one, the first example I'll use was a CBC interview after the, I think it was a hurricane that came up the East Coast uh, about six months ago. Um, I forget what the name of it. Yeah. I know the one in the U.S. is Hillary now, so I'm assuming mm-hmm. it was, you know, a, a letter or two before that. And I saw an interview on the CBC and it's this gentleman and he's talking and behind him is, you know, his house, which has three trees down on the roof and two on the garage and one's crushed his car and two are strewn on the lawn. And he says, well, the good news is I finally got to meet my neighbor across the street. <laughs> and, and I thought to myself, isn't it amazing? And now we see this in, in crises of all sorts. Yeah. But we we don't go and talk to our neighbor who's across the street from us before we get to the crisis, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the goal of Genwell weekends are really to say, look, we want to be your reminder. We want to be your catalyst. We want to give you permission to actually go talk to the people that you probably have thought about talking to, but you just either haven't made the time or haven't made the effort to go make it happen. And, you know, the again, the analogy I'll use is also Halloween. On Halloween, we all wear costumes, but the other 364 days a year, nobody ever walks into the office dressed up in a costume. Okay, sometimes we do, but that's usually <laughs> the exception versus the rule. And so what Genwell weekends are it is about permission, just like mm-hmm. Halloween. You are given permission to wear a costume. And on Genwell weekends, I want to give you permission to talk to whoever you want Because at the end of the day, when you understand the facts, when you recognize this isn't just about you, but it's about helping the people you connect with, I hope every one of us recognizes we have an opportunity to be part of the solution Mm -hmm. and take a leadership role by going first. Yeah, what what I love so much about it too is I feel like by having designated weekends where you say, you know, hey, from this date to this date, you know, we're emphasizing connection, you know, Canada-wide, you know, if somebody comes up to you and says, you know, hey, how's your day going? Chat, 30 seconds. You know, it's all it's all it takes kind of thing. But it also takes a little bit of that pressure off that I think is is built up over over years and years of being told, like you said, that that connection is something that has its uh, it's you know it's scary, it's it's big, it's you know keep to yourself and do all the the things you can connect in other ways. Use social media, you know, do those uh, you know uh, methods versus having a face to face interaction with somebody. Um, and it, I, it's nice to know that you know you go into a weekend, you say, oh, it's the Genwell weekend, you know, like what are you any plans? It uh, it, it takes a little, it gives you a um, an icebreaker in a time where that ice is is pretty damn thick. Uh, Kyle, you so get what we do and why we do it and how we do it. And we start marketing. We've already started marketing. We start the September marketing in August uh, on the on the uh, the anniversary of the blackout. And the whole idea is to give people six weeks to actually say, okay, who should I get connected with? Who have I who have I been meaning to see? And the power in reaching. And I use it as well, like because even I, even though I'm a social guy have a difficult time reaching out to certain people of course, you know, yeah. in my past or in my present, you know, they're busy. Oh, they've got other things going on. And what this is, is the excuse, yeah. you know, Hey guys, I'm getting together. We're going to do a Euchre night and I'm going to do it because Genwell weekend tells us that this is, this is the opportunity. We haven't seen each other, you know, all my high school buds or my university buds. We haven't seen each other in six months, a year, two years, whatever the number is. 
And the point is, we become the excuse. So if, even if people say, hey, we can't make it and nobody wants to do it, it's no longer personal. It's actually yeah. now a, uh, it's okay, you're rejecting the concept of Gen Well. But number two in my messages, I always say, hey, the reason I'm doing this is to help us all stay connected because here's what mm -hmm. the research tells us about staying connected. So I use it as a means to educate people, but also provide an excuse for the person who's reaching out because it is at times, it can be, you know, a little, uh, a little scary to send out a note to somebody who maybe you haven't spoken to in six months. But what yeah. we normally see is when you send out that note, the response is, Oh my God, I'm so glad you reached out. I've been meaning to reach out to you as well. And you, you sit there and you go, Really? We all been sitting here wishing that we reached <laughs> out to each other and nobody yeah. did it? Well, thank goodness for Genwell Weekend mm -hmm. to give us that excuse to reach out to our old pals. I love it. It's uh, I'll make sure to uh, I'm going to be in uh I'm going to be in a mixture of Croatia and Amsterdam uh, this Genwell weekend. I'm on a, a long, uh, long postponed Europe trip from my uh, my graduation of university that uh, got pushed uh, literally three years. So my roommate and I are, are heading out uh, gallivanting around with our backpacks for a little while. Uh, but uh, before I leave in honor of Genwell, I'll make sure to, uh, you know, maybe uh, bake some uh, banana bread or some cookies and go knock on the doors of, uh, of the neighbors around me and just uh, take some time to actually, you know, introduce myself. And, and Kyle, A, thank you for doing that and for being part of the movement. But let me also throw this out to you. You know, we're not anti-technology at Genwell, and we talked a little bit about digital technology earlier. But we are about educating people about the things in technology that help us build healthy connections and those that don't. And so even when you're over in Croatia on Genwell weekend, I encourage you to send a couple notes out to your friends and Absolutely. say, hey, it's Genwell weekend. I'm thinking about you. I can't be with you right now, but I just wanted you to know you're a part of my life. You mean whatever the message is. Yeah. Because, you know, we all can't be face to face all the time. And really, technology can be a great supplement to the face to face connections that keep us happy and healthy. So I share that not specifically to you, but also to everybody to say, hey, Connection happens in many forms and formats throughout the course of our days and lives. Mm -hmm. And if we use it properly, unfortunately, the social platforms, as you mentioned earlier, started out saying they were about connecting people in community. And what we now know is they're all about stealing our time and attention away from actually doing what they originally proposed to do. Yeah. So, you know, becoming more conscious and aware of what those platforms are stealing from our lives mm -hmm. and the impact that it's having that's how we start to educate people on, hey, maybe there's a better alternative and it's called, you know, getting connected with other people face to face. If you want to check out the rest of my conversation with Pete, you can watch the exclusive extended interview over on our YouTube channel, which will be linked in the description. Uh, make sure to follow the Genwell Project on Instagram at Genwell Project and keep up with their events and initiatives at genwellproject.org. Uh, while you're over on Instagram, check us out at Life's Rec Podcast. Uh, I hope that this chat, you know, inspires you to continue to celebrate uh, the world of mental health, celebrate yourself as the individual and those around you and start, you know, some conversations in your own life about the beautiful wrecks that we all are, even if it uh, isn't a Genwell weekend, you know, I hope that you, you connect with those around you uh, and, uh, and start dialogues with people that maybe you, uh, you would have hesitated to in the past. You know, if you're looking for a sign to send that email or that text to a connection that uh, has been on your mind recently, 
you know, here's uh, Pete and I saying, go for it. Just remember that through all of it, the highs and lows, the ups and downs, uh, the good days and the bad, that life's a wreck. And I'll see you in a few weeks. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.